my name is Phil. Um, I'm part of the leadership team here at Jubilee. And it's great to be uh, talking to you today from our um, series on um, the king and his kingdom. And today I'm going to be talking about healing. But before I get into that, I just wanted to um, say a few things, if that's okay. We haven't really got a choice because I've got the microphone. But um, firstly, you were given um, an alpha invitation as you walked in this morning. And um, on the 19th of April, we're starting alpha again. And we'd love you, we'd love you to bring somebody. And so my question is, who are you going to bring? And at the very least, now you've got this card in your hand, in your handbag, in your pocket, you can post it through your next-door neighbor's. That's the very least that you can do. You can post it through your next-door neighbor's letterbox. But please pray and, and ask God who you should be inviting to come to Alpha. And the great thing is, if you invite somebody, you get to come as well. So that's even better, isn't it? You get to come to Alpha week by week and, and go on this journey of discovery of faith. Um, many of you will know that um, as a church, we, um, we partner with the charity that Debbie and I set up called Shine. And we look after um, orphans and vulnerable children in Malawi, in rural Malawi. And uh, we also recently planted a new church in, in Malawi as well, in the, in, the, in the town. Shine operates in a very rural part of Malawi, and, and um, the church, Trinity Church, is in between the town in Zomba. And um, a couple of weeks ago, um, Malawi was um, devastated with a, um, a, um, a cyclone, which has just completely um, wrecked everything. It's so broken and so messed up, and so... Um, Shine has been asked to look after the feeding for nine camps in Malawi full of people. We, we're a small charity, but we've got a big God. So we're, we're, we're stepping into this place through faith to look after the poor, because that's what we love to do. And this church, do you believe that's what we love to do? We love to look after the poor. We love to help those in need. And there aren't anybody more needy than the people in Malawi right now. Their roads are washed away. Their homes are gone in a lot of cases. Their crops have gone. It's, they're not going to get another crop until April 2024. You know, God knows what's going to happen. I haven't got a clue. So please pray for us in that. Please, if you can give, give. If you can pray, pray. But pray for Malawi, pray for Shine, pray for Trinity Church Zomba. They've both been given um, money from, from us and from, from Jubilee Church. Trinity Church is out there feeding the elderly. They're going to the elderly and, and people in their region. And Shine is looking after um, families in our area at the moment. Well, we, yesterday they were out giving away food. And thank you to all those people that walked yesterday. You know, Keith and Liz there on the front, they walked all the way. Yeah, they walked eight miles. Me and Keith were, were sparing each other one, weren't we, Keith? Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm aching a bit now, but we're good. Um, before I start to talk on healing, I want to say to you that there's some people here today that have come with um, health complaints. And these are things that you, that, that are um, health complaints that you have just put up with. Things like tinnitus and acid reflux. And there are people in this room with tinnitus and acid reflux. And you've put up with it because, um, yeah, it's not life-threatening. And you can cope with it. 
But I want to tell you before we start that we're going after sickness today. We're going after illness today in Jesus' name. Because these things are not, they're not right. They're an enemy. Jesus always saw sickness as an enemy. And although we recognize there is a redemptive um, quality in, in suffering, that, you know, in, sometimes in your times of suffering is when you grow in faith, there is that. But really, sickness and disease is an enemy um, to you and is an enemy to God. So that's where I'm starting from. Is that okay? And the passage that um, um, Victor so wonderfully read for us is a story of a, a non-Jew coming to, um, coming to Jesus. And um, I'm not going to read the whole thing again. But there's a guy that's sick. He was a servant that was sick. Um, the centurion head of Jesus and some of the elders of the Jews asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have, this, have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went, and he was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to him. Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. This is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority. Everybody say authority. authority. With soldiers under me. I tell this one, go. Everybody say go. go. And he goes. And I say to this other one, come. come. Say come. <laughs> and I say to the servant, do this. And he does it. See, the man had understood something very, very important about Jesus. Really important. And maybe you this morning don't understand this thing about Jesus. And you need to understand it. What you need to understand about Jesus is, is that he has all authority. Yeah? He has all authority. If he says something, it happens. Yeah? So, you know, go. The, 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 the centurion knew that if he said go, his troops would go. If he says come, they will come. If he says do this, they will do it. Jesus said, I tell you, I've not found such great faith even in Israel. Now, it's okay Jesus having the authority. It's great that Jesus, we, we could probably believe that. Do you believe that? How many people honestly believe that Jesus has the authority? Yeah, that's great. I wonder if it's the same amount of people that believe that you have that authority. Because that's, that's, the, that's the whole problem with, the, with, the, with our, our church. In, across the world, I'm not just picking on you at Jubilee. It's the whole problem, is that we don't understand that we've been given authority. <laughs> authority over sin, authority over sickness and disease. You know, this morning when I came here, um, I, um, I started having acid reflux really bad. And I went off into the little room and had a bit of a word with it. <laughs> I had a word with it and I said to it, acid reflux, 
Go in Jesus' name. Go. And it went. I even got, I've got, I carry a little bottle of oil with me all the time to remind me to pray for the sick. And I even put some oil on my throat as an act of faith. But we have authority. There are seven signs that the kingdom of God has come. The first one is that Jesus is present, that, you know, his presence. When you experience the presence of God, that's a sign of the kingdom. When the gospel is being preached, especially when the gospel is being preached in difficult areas like, um, I don't know, Iran or Pakistan, um, that's, that's a sign of the kingdom. When we cast out demons, and like you might be saying, what, you cast out demons? Yeah, we do. We do. In this church, we cast out demons. We, and like sometimes we go to houses and sometimes we go to people, but we cast out demons. It's part of the life of the church. You might not see it because if things start to happen in the front here, we would close it down and we would um, you know, take it away into a, um, a side room. The other week there was Sue and Mark and myself and I've forgotten who else was there, Luke. Um, and you know, we were praying for somebody and, and you know, to be delivered of demons. We do that. It's a sign of the kingdom coming. Um, conversion, when, when people are born again and their, their lives t- turn around, that's a sign of the kingdom. People that manifest the fruit of the Spirit, their lives change, and you see um, brokenness changed and healed. That's a sign of the kingdom. Miracles, including raising people from the dead, and healing is a sign of the coming kingdom. We should expect to see healing. We should expect it. We've already anointed somebody this morning for healing. We should move in healing. And it's not just about, you know, um, myself and Mark and Sue and Kudzi and, you know, some of the people that are the leaders and Dan. It's you have been given authority to heal. You don't have the authority of Christ, so you're not like Jesus. You're not a God but you do have the authority in Christ. He's given you authority. I don't know if you know that authority. Do you know that authority? When a policeman is wearing his uniform and a a, a car is speeding down the street and he wants to stop the car, he comes out in his uniform and and does that, doesn't he? And he he hasn't got the power, really, to stop a a speeding car from moving. He hasn't, I mean, if the car, if the car hits him, he's, he's going to get squashed. But he has the authority that comes with his position. You have the authority that comes with your position as a child of God to, um, to break the power of sickness. When I, when I wear my Jubilee lanyard through the week, right, that's, that's a badge of authority. Right? So it's like I've, I've, got, I've got keys to the building and I've got a lanyard. How dangerous is that giving me keys? Anyway, I've got the keys and I've got the lanyard, all right? Power. Um, but these things are just, are just a symbol that we, we carry authority. So how, how does sickness recognize? How do demons recognize that you have authority? Because you carry the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. And you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. 
When you believed, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You have authority. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You carry the Holy Spirit. And there isn't like a, um, a Premier League Holy Spirit for people that stand on this stage and a, you know, a Vauxhall Conference Holy Spirit for those people that don't stand on it. That's not the way the kingdom works. The Holy Spirit is poured out. When my, when my daughter was three, she prayed for me when I knocked myself out and she said, Jesus, heal daddy and I was healed I was healed I'd knocked myself out on a cupboard I'd opened a cupboard drawer I'd gone down to pick something I'd come back up I'd bang my head and I'd knocked myself out it really hurt and my son who was I think four at the time and my daughter was three were there and dad's on the floor mum's not, not around Debbie wasn't there and Hannah prayed Jesus heal daddy and I came round and I, and I was like what happened and Luke said Hannah prayed for you that Jesus would heal you and you were healed. You, there's not a Premier League Holy Spirit and a Vauxhall Conference Holy Spirit. There's one Holy Spirit and he is in you and you have authority. You have authority. Matthew 10, 1 to 8. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority. Everybody say Authority. Authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First Simon, who is called Peter, then his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These 12, Jesus set out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. See, you're supposed to do that stuff. And if you don't really want to do that stuff, then maybe you're in the wrong place. That sounds really harsh, doesn't it? But I'm, I'm deadly serious. Because that's the stuff of the kingdom. That's the call of Christ on your life. You don't get, you don't get called to just sit around having, a, having a, you know, a bit of a Bible study every now and again. You're called to go and to affect this world. There's too many people just sort of like sat around watching everybody else do it. You know, we're not at a football match where there's, you know, 30,000 watching 11 people and a referee. That's not the kingdom of God. That's the opposite of the kingdom. We work together as a team. And, and the stuff that you don't know, you grab people that do know and you learn from them. And you go to those people that are sick and broken and dying and don't know Jesus. He's coming back. He's coming back, guys. Well, we need to prepare we need to get ready. We need to go. We need to, we need to go and do the things of the kingdom. Jesus always treats sickness as an enemy. Always. Sickness and disease are an enemy. And the greatest enemy of all is sin. The greatest enemy of all is sin. And, 
Um, there's a lot of scriptures that get um, misquoted in Christendom. And uh, one of them is Isaiah 53. And I want to look now just for the next couple of minutes at the atonement. What is the atonement? Atonement, the word atonement is at one man to be made one with Christ. Everything that we have comes from the cross and the victory at the cross. All the power comes through the cross. It's at the cross that Jesus won victory. And he is our atoning sacrifice for our sin. And in the atonement, there is healing, but it's not automatic. And I just want to explain, explain that to you so that you get an understanding. Isaiah 53, 4 to 5. Surely this is a prophecy from 700 years before Jesus was even born. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. And then Peter quotes that, and he says, He bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. With Jesus, sin was always the most pressing of problems that we faced. Sin was always the first thing that he came to tackle and to deal with because sin is like a toxic disease that eats you from the inside out and eventually takes you to the grave. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So sin is always the thing that God um, wants to do. And, we, and, and many people quote this, by his wounds you have been healed, as if that is going to, you know, that, 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 you know, that, that, you know, all of your sickness and all of your disease is just going to go like that, and it's not. But your sin is covered. When you come to Jesus and you come to the cross and you repent of your sin and you turn away from him, he forgives you your sin and he, and he puts you on a right path. He, put, he sets you off on a new, a new journey in life. It's like being born again, he says. So what about, so what can wash away our sin? We all know the song, don't we? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's nothing, is there? There's only one cure for sin. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, mean, I mean, I've talked to people about sin on the street, and, you know, some people even tell me that they haven't got a prob problem with sin. Try stopping it. Because you can't, can you? Not without Jesus. You know, not without Jesus, you can't stop it. By Jesus' death on the cross at his first coming, he laid the foundation for the ultimate overthrow and annihilation of all disease, which will occur with the resurrection of the body at his second coming. When the kingdom comes, healing comes in. It's not automatic. If, if, if healing was absolutely automatic, right, in the atonement where... You know, when you come to faith, right, nobody in this room would be sick. The, the, nobody would be sick. But the truth is that we do, we do have sickness. So there's something else, isn't there? Uh, there's something else working. But there is power in the, at the cross. There is power to heal because we see it, don't we? We see now the kingdom breaking in 
and bringing healing. So in the future kingdom to come, there is, there is no sickness and disease. There is only glory and blessing and complete wholeness. That's all there is for us. We, we, we aren't going to be carrying around our, 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 our pain and our hurts and our sicknesses in, in, the, in the glory to come. Our citizen, this is Philippians, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. When he comes again, he's going to make us like him. He's going to transform us. We'll all be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We'll all be caught up with him to be with him in the air. And those that are like, you know, it's like, it's, it's glorious, isn't it? We're all, and that's the, that's the breaking of the kingdom. So in the kingdom, there is healing and we all have an inheritance kept safe for us. So there's a treasure. There's like Teresa's treasure. Yeah? And there's, um, you know, whoever. There's treasure. Yeah, there's treasure. And you can borrow from tomorrow for today. That's the way that it works. You can, you can access some of the future blessing now to bring healing. It's like the veil is torn and you bring in the kingdom. We, we talk about it as the already and the not yet. The now and the not yet. The kingdom breaks in. And that's, you know, the seven signs that we're talking about is the breaking in of the kingdom. That's what we need to access. So it's theologically misleading to say that Jesus bore our sickness in the same way that he bore our sins. But he does heal our sickness. And he has borne our sins. He paid the price for our sin on the cross. And his ultimate aim for each of us is to be made whole. And he's working on that. Do we see healing today? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Who, put your hands up if you've ever been healed by God. If God's ever... Yeah, just have a look around. Just have a look around. The other week we were out on the street. Um, Kudzi was... Um, I think... Did I see Jan? Is that Jan at the back? Hi, Jan. So me, me and Jan were praying with, the, with a guy on the street. Where were we, Jan? And we, we were just like talking to him about Jesus. And Kudzi had got a phone out and she was filming us. And um, we'd, we'd finished talking to this guy about Jesus. And... Um, he just happened to mention that he had a bad back. So we prayed. And we said, back. Be healed in Jesus' name. And we kept praying. And we kept asking God, back. Telling, telling the back to be healed in Jesus' name. And we kept praying. And then he's, he's like, a minute later, he's like, wow, where's, it's gone. My back pain's gone. Isn't that wonderful? And wouldn't it be wonderful if we could do that every time? How many people here have, have, have prayed for the sick or commanded the sick to get well and seen that? Yeah? It's great. Wonderful. Keep doing it. Now, when you don't pray for the sick, you, you don't see anybody get healed, do you? But when you pray for the sick, you will see people healed. Not everybody that I pray for gets healed. But some people do. My, my favorite Jubilee um, healing story is of a guy called Rob who came on Alpha. Um, one of the most reluctant Alpha 
participants ever. If you're watching online, Rob, hi. Um, in fact, um, whenever we do the healing session on Alpha, I always get my phone out every single time. And he came on Alpha about five years ago. So every time we do Alpha, uh, we get to the healing session and I text Rob, Rob, guess what we're doing tonight? I'll never forget the night when you were healed. And he always texts me back something funny. But Rob got healed on Alpha on, in the healing session. And um, he, he moaned most weeks. Edult, I think he was on Ed's table. Or maybe with, was he with you, Andres? Yeah, he was. And like, it just like every week he would moan about something and this wasn't right. He didn't agree with that and he didn't agree with this. And um, in the healing session, we just asked everybody to stand. We invited the Holy Spirit to come. And uh, our friend from South Africa was here, Topsy and Sam. Uh, Topsy just put her hand on his shoulder and said, be healed in Jesus' name. And Rob had eczema all the way around his chest and up his neck. And it was like, um, it, was, it was bright red. You could see it. It was like, you know, there was no mistake in it. So we're praying. There's a bit of silence in the room. We're in the larking room upstairs. And all of a sudden I had this, oh, no. Oh, no. In a real stronghold accent, oh, no. I'm like, I'm like what's, what's going on? Oh, I've got no reason not to believe now. <laughs> and God had just taken away his eczema. Completely healed, just like that. I love that, don't you? God can do anything. It's often we have not because we ask not. And we don't know our authority. We have to move in that authority that we've been given. And you're like, be sat there going like, what, who, me? Yeah, you. You, you, no matter who you are, if you, if you love Jesus and if you've received Jesus, you can pray for the sick. You can command sickness to go in Jesus' name. You can even do it if you're sick yourself. You know, there isn't, there isn't sort of like, you know, any barrier to... How did Jesus do it? Well, Jesus didn't technically pray for the sick. Um, Jesus just um, commanded... He uh, commanded and he touched. Uh, Matthew 8, it says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Sometimes people touched him with the woman and the issue of blood. She reached out her hand and touched him and she was, she was healed. Um, sometimes all Jesus was do is just lay his hands on a few people and heal them. Mark 6, 5, it, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few people and heal them. Sometimes he did really crazy stuff like spitting into mud and making like a mud patty um, out of it. After this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go. There he is. Command, go. He told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing Acts 5.15, as a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on them as they passed by. Wow. His shadow? Healing people? I want my shadow to heal people. That would be so cool. Definitely get on the telly with that one. Acts 19.12, so even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured. And evil spirits left them. Paul praying for bits of cloth. And, you know, the Catholics are really into that. Don't know if you've ever been in a like, um, Catholic place. But sometimes they have these things called holy scapulars. 
which are like bits of cloth that they pray for. James 5, 13 to 15. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they'll be forgiven. So many different diverse and unusual and, um, I don't know, ways of, of God bringing healing. But if you, if you read the Bible again with, the, you know, with, those, with that with looking into healing, you'll see that all the way through the Scripture, God is doing it. In Kings, we get the great story of um, Naaman from the, the Assyrian army going, and, um, going to Elisha and asking him to be healed of his leprosy. And, he, and, and, and Elisha says, yeah, go and dunk yourself seven times in the Jordan River and you'll get healed. And he, he don't want to do it. And that's often the problem. We don't want to do the things that God's telling us to do. We don't, we, don't want to, we, don't, we don't want to put ourselves in that place of um, humility to receive healing. Some people have gifts of healing. Some people just have those hands. You know, they've, they've, they've gone to Corinthians and they've, they've said, well, there's these nine gifts. And, you know, I, it says eagerly desired the spiritual gifts. And I've, I've prayed for the gift of healing and God has given me the gift of healing. And how do you know if you've got it? Well, when you lay hands on the sick, they get well. And, you know, and, and sometimes that gift is permanent and sometimes it's temporary. Sometimes it comes and it goes. I think with me it comes and it goes. I think there are times when um, I see it a lot and times when I don't. But God wants to heal the sick and the kingdom brings healing. So how do we do healing? If, if we're going to do healing now, how, we, how are we going to do it? So I think we should do healing, don't you? Seeing that I've been blabbing on about it for the last... I think, I think we should do it. Because it, wouldn't it be great if you, if you had something that you would like leave it here and, and, and go out completely changed? And some people say that, you know, people don't get um, healed because they haven't got enough faith. That is an absolute load of whatever. I can't even... I can't say a rude word. Rude, rude, rude word, rude word, rude word, rude word. It's an absolute rude word, right? Rubbish. If, if, you, if you put yourself in the place where you're willing to be prayed for, that is all the faith you need. If you get up out of your chair and come to the front and stand there in the place of wanting to be healed, that's a massive amount of faith. God only needs faith the size of a mustard seed. It doesn't depend on you it's all about him and we have a kingdom that can break in so please do if you've been prayed for and not been healed what does that mean does that mean that you're that you're not loved by god no it doesn't mean that at all you know i i, I don't know why god heals some people and not others it will be a question i'll be asking the lord when i get there because i don't understand but i know that his ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not my thoughts. They're, they're, they're high above. He knows more than I know. So how do we do it? Well, the first, person, uh, the first thing that we should do is ask the person why they've come. Now, if they've come on crutches, right, then don't assume that because they've come on crutches that they want you to pray for their leg. 
you still need to ask them. Jesus even asked blind people, what do you want me to do for you? Why, why did he do that? Because he wanted them to speak out. Right? What was wrong with them? What do you want me to do for you? I want, I want, to, I want to receive back my sight. I want to be healed of whatever. So ask the person what they've come for. So when you're praying at home with your family or you're praying, you know, say to them, what do you want to be healed of? Next thing is invite the Holy Spirit to come. Because it's not you who heals, it's the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit to come and be listening to the Holy Spirit. John Wimby used to say that I only pray the prayers of heaven. And what he meant by that is I don't want, right, we don't want to be praying prayers like this. Oh, dear Lord, please heal Sister Agatha. She's such a wonderful member of the church. And she's had so many gynecological problems. <laughs> just, just do something wonderful in her life and, and, and heal her. In Jesus' name, amen. That is an absolutely terrible healing prayer. Don't do that. Right, you, don't have to, you don't have to be a doctor. You don't need to know all the stuff about the condition and all of that. And you don't need to go into anything. You just need to pray commanding prayers. Cancer, go. Ears, open. Eyes, see. Leg, be healed. That's it. That is, isn't it? But when you start to waffle, boy, we just get in the way. Commanding prayers. Speak. I often, when I'm praying for the sick, I start off by saying, I break the power of sickness, disease, and infirmity. Sometimes illness is caused by sin. Sometimes it's caused by a physical problem. Sometimes it's emotional, and sometimes it's demonic. I always start praying for the sick by breaking the power of sickness, disease, and infirmity in the name of Jesus. Why do I do that? Because I've learned over the years that that gets me the results that I want. And because if it's a demon, it will manifest. And then I can deal with it. Speak commanding prayers. Pray with your eyes open. Look at what God's doing in the person you're praying for. Don't, don't, don't just, like, just be praying like that. And you know, they're on the floor, sparked out. And you know, they're stood like a tree. You know, it's like, it's not a good look. Be engaged. Ask them if you can lay your hands on their shoulder. Keep your eye on what's going on. And if, if God's doing something, you bless what you see God doing. Keep it brief. Don't get into all your waffling prayers about Sister Ag Agatha's gynecological problems, please. Right? God, God knows everything about this person that you're praying for. Speak to the condition to go with commanding prayers. Watch and see. Ask the person you're praying for for feedback. What's going on? What's happening? What's God doing? Tell me. Uh, I feel a little bit of heat there. Okay, that's great. Let's pray into that. God might give you a word of knowledge. I think that the reason that you've got this problem is because of this, this, and this. Or God might tell you something else. And you just go with what the Holy Spirit, you have to involve the Holy Spirit in, in, in showing you. Pray in tongues. If you pray in tongues, pray in tongues. And how do you feel now? 
If we take this on board, guys, we, could, we can change the world. Because this is, what, this is the gospel that Jesus came to teach us. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received. Who's ever received the Holy Spirit? I have. That's all you need. That's all you need is God with you so that you can heal. Would you all like to stand? Thank yeah, can the band come up please? That's great. Now we've talked about it, we better do it, eh? And it's not us, it's not us gonna do it, it's gonna be because God's gonna do it. It's because his kingdom. His his kingdom. I love it that Jesus taught that the Lord's Prayer, you know. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus wanted us to pray for the kingdom to come so that the kingdom would break in now so that we would see signs and wonders and miracles and especially healing. Especially healing. Because he loves us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we ask, would you send your Holy Spirit now? Come, Spirit of God. Come, Spirit of God. Come, Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. Come, Spirit of God. Let your Spirit come, Lord. Let your Spirit come. Let your Spirit come.